this morning's message is about uh, one thing I think that's so uh, missing in our world today is that people uh, have a little bit of an intimidation to be a witness. Now, God said, <clears throat> this, is not, this is not just uh, an idle chit-chat. This is definitely from what the Lord Jesus said. He promised that He would give us power and that after the Holy Ghost would come upon us, we would be witnesses. And I want you to remind yourself today of how important it is to be a witness. A witness. Look at verse number 8 in Acts 1. It says, But ye shall receive power. Thank God for that. Amen. Uh, from the Lord, of course. Uh, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What a promise we have. Let's pray, Father, help us now to be witnesses. Help us to stand strong and true for the Lord Jesus. And we pray and thank you that he's worthy of it and that he has done enough in our lives uh, that, that we should be witnesses. And God, thank you for this wonderful gospel that you've given to us. Thank you for the change in our lives. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the testimony we have. Thank you for the fact that we have uh, very, very clearly had something happen to us that we can testify about. Uh, we know what we believe. We know who did it. And we know what happened to us. We know we don't comprehend it all, but we sure know that you saved us. And we thank you for the wonderful truth of salvation. Help us to stand strong and true with it. And help us not to be overtaken by the flesh. Help us not to faint. Help us not to give up and quit. Help us to just relax and, and love God and go strong foot, step by step. And Lord, you said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And Lord, we know that you carry us through the way. You know, uh, Lord, how, how, how weak we are and how strong you are. Help us to uh, look and pray and hope and, and, and search for opportunities to be a witness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's wonderful to be a witness because we have seen something. It's not something that we can't testify to. We were there. We know what happened. We have the change in our hearts. We know that Jesus saved us. This isn't something that we're saying, well, I heard about somebody else said that happened to them. God never, never asked us to be a witness of just something that something happened to somebody else. This happened to us. Salvation is yours. You own it. It's yours. It happened to you. It changed your life. And it's not something that you can tell. I, I really don't know what happens in everybody else's life. All I can do is tell you, I know what happened to me. I can take you to the proof, positive testimony of other people that saw it happen to me. I, I can bring a case and I can make a case for my own salvation. I can make a case for other people's salvation too. If I had to give evidence of my salvation, I surely could do it in a court of law and I would come out and I would win the case for my own salvation. And I could bring witnesses in that saw what I used to be and what you used to be. Can you make a case for your salvation? Can you make a case? Has there been something happening in your heart? Well, the Bible says indeed it has. Something has happened, something big, something catastrophic, earth-changing, life-changing has happened. And you and I are witnesses of it. This isn't something that you have to go to college for. This isn't something. Uh, 
It's like this. Now, and I don't mean to be funny all the time, but I, I heard this story, and I hope you'll just let me tell you this. Uh, it, it goes along the, the uh, a guy, a, a guy um, uh, got in a fight, and uh, th this is just, just a hy hypothetical situation. I don't think it really happened. Guy got in a fight, and um, he, he bit this guy's ear. He bit it, bit it off. And the prosecuting attorney says, uh, you're charged with, uh, uh, I guess it would be assault. And uh, the fellow said, he says, no, I didn't do it. And so he had a defense attorney, and the defense attorney said, well, now, uh, uh, to, the, uh, to the plaintiff, now, did you... Did you did you see this man uh, bite this guy's ear off? He said, no, sir, I didn't. Okay, all right. So uh, were, were you there when he, he was supposedly bit this guy's ear off? He goes, no, nope, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. I, I, I can't testify to that. And so the defense attorney said, well, judge, that's answer that. I, uh, I rest my case. And the, the, the witness said, but, 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 but wait, wait. Uh, there's one thing I did see him spit it out. <laughs> so you know I don't I, I don't have to be there. I I wasn't there. I can I can tell you that in everybody's life I don't know what happened to everybody. But I know what happened to me. I can tell you what happened to me. Now don't look at me like I'm somebody great. I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God. Are you? Did you get saved? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Did anything happen inside your heart? Are you a witness of what happened to you personally? That's the key. A lot of people don't have the courage because they're really, you know, they're not thinking about it in those terms. God doesn't have to call somebody to be a pastor, a missionary, an evangelist, a teacher. Uh, doesn't have to be famous. Listen, it could be a paper boy. It could be somebody that's uh, just, just uh, un unknown to everybody. But God saved him, and all he has to do, all she has to do is say, I know that Jesus came into my heart. That's the witness. It's simple. It's, it's, uh, it, it's not the intelligentsia crowd. It's not the, uh, it's not the, it's not the professor in, in, in uh, you know, the uh, nuclear scientist field. I don't have to go to MIT to explain what happened to me, right? But thank God for those that do. Amen. How many say we need some of those folks up there in the intelligentsia crowd to get right with God and, and stop running away from Jesus? Just think if all of our higher education uh, uh, institutions in America, Yale and Harvard and, and all the rest of them, you know, MIT, what if all those places got saved and they started uh, taking all that intellect and all that powerful thinking and all the man, I wish I could think like some of those guys do. And, and put it to use in the gospel, this whole world would have a big change, wouldn't it? If people just, just get saved and then testify. But that's not how God does it. He, uh, he said, not many rich, not many mighty, not many noble, not many powerful, not many mighty, all that. He's chosen to use the baser things of this world and the common people like you and me to get the news out. And that's how the gospel got around the world. What, how did this world find out about Jesus? It was because people like you and me just witnessed. 
Before radio, before television, before the computer, before cell phones, before the light bulb, before, before the telegraph and all the rest of the things, before the electric uh, uh, industry, before the steam engine, before anything happened, the word of mouth got this uh, job done way back in the days of Jesus Christ when he was walking on the earth. That's how the world heard about God. There wasn't any printing presses. And I guess the only printing press was a bunch of scribes that kept writing down the Bible. Amen. But that's it. That's it. I mean, it went to Egypt. It went to every country in the world because God doesn't need all these uh, all these fancy electronic tools. He'll use them. But you know what he needs? He needs you and I to be a witness. Does your neighbor know yet that you are a Christian? That's the key right there. Just a simple. Hi, Bob. Hey, here's a plate of cookies. Merry Christmas. And by the way, do you know Jesus as your Savior? That's, that's scary, isn't it? Sometimes it's, I have a neighbor across the street, and um, we just haven't really talked a lot after, after he uh, showed me how he felt about me being a, a Christian. <laughs> I'm, I'm rather uh, intensified, um, uh, kind of intimidated by it now. I, I wave at him once in a while, but he doesn't want to talk. But I gave him the gospel. He knows I'm saved. He knows. He knows. Everybody on our block knows what we are and who we are. We talk to almost everybody. I mean, I haven't, I haven't reached everybody in Linden yet. You know why? Because everybody's perfect in Linden. There is no sin in Linden. Just ask them. But uh, no, no, honestly, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you the truth there. There's, lo- there's enough sin to go around. Amen. But what's going to make the difference is you and I uh, take it serious to be witnesses. Look at verse 8. We all need power to witness. The Holy Ghost is our power. And our message is the Lord. And he said, ye shall be witnesses. It's very simple. Let's go to the Old Testament. And this isn't something new in the New Testament. Uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 43 for just a minute. and You'll see that God wanted to use um, the whole entire nation of Israel. And he told them, uh, for verses 1 through 15, that indeed they were his own special witnesses. By the way, they did a good job. They told the whole world about God. And uh, if anybody wanted to know God back then in Isaiah's day... They had to accept the fact that the Jehovah God was the uh, only God and that his miracles were done through the power of God and the miracles and on the battlefield and everywhere else and it, it, also getting them out of Egypt, the miracles. So think about this. If you, if, if you would look at Israel, that was the witness that the whole world had as to who God was. And he chose to use Israel as his, uh, as his signpost, as his voice. Let's look at this. Now, verse, uh, or chapter number 43, in verse number 1, it says this. But, but now thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by, my, by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. 
When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy what? Savior. Savior. See that? Capital S. That's God the Savior. That's the Savior. That's Jesus talking. He is the Savior. And I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee, since thou wast precious in my sight. Thou hast been honorable. I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name, I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can de declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witness that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord. Isn't that a great statement back in the Old Testament? You're my witnesses. Nobody else can tell. Well, you're the ones that know me. I know you. I, I did this for you. Nobody else has ever done this. You are my witnesses. That's what we have today. Listen, this Bible is uh, plenty, plenty contemporary with today's time. We got, we got a Bible that's active. There's nothing, there's nothing too old in this Bible that doesn't have some kind of relevance today. It's all, it's all for us. Listen, don't in, let anybody cut out the Bible or any parts of the Old Testament and say, oh, that's just Old Testament. Listen, there's more jewels in the Old Testament than you think. Let's look at it. He said, you're my witnesses, verse 10. And my servant whom I've chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. The first time he mentioned that, it's a proper name with a capital S. Now he's talking about the subject. There's no other Savior. I'm the only Savior you have. We need to witness for Jesus. You know what? Education is not going to save this country. Medicine is not going to save our country. Finances aren't going to save it. The more you get, the less it's worth. Are you with me? The more money they throw out at you, the less it's worth. They keep printing it and printing it and shoveling it out. I, I'm, I'm not complaining. Everybody, how do you do that? Is it, would you like some? Would, well, yeah, I guess, but I think you're making a bad mistake. I, eventually, it's all going to come crashing down. You can't just keep throwing money out in the public. I'd rather have you and I make the money and earn the money than get it from the government. It's just going to hurt America. I want my kids to earn a living, not get a living. I don't want them to say, please, can I have some more? Can I have some more? Please, can I have some more? Please, I don't have enough. Give me more. What kind of, what kind of mentality are we teaching our country? God's the only savior of the world. He has a system 
He has what he wants. He wants us to, to work hard. And by the way, let's remind ourselves of a Bible verse. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. That's what the Bible says. Ah, no wonder, no wonder they want to push the Bible away. It says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there's no Savior. I have declared and have saved, I have showed, when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before me, before the day was, I am, he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. It's time for us to be a witness. It's time for us to be strong in our witness. There's a better chance right now that our witness would... would uh, be more powerful than it ever has in times of trouble. You stand up for Jesus, and I guarantee you it will mean more than when time is good. When you go to the time when everything's going fine, oh yeah, but people need Jesus right now. I mean, they need him right now. We need to be witnesses. We need to carry a track and give out a, a gospel track. You know, uh, have you ever heard of the Witness Protection Program? Many law enforcement uh, associations in different uh, places, different, different uh, jurisdictions, they have these witness protection programs. So you get to hide. You, you, you testify, but, 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 but you don't have to stand up. You can hide. You can go get a new driver's license. You can get a new uh, identity. You can get a new address. You can get a new whole new life. And everybody's hiding and protecting and being protected. That's exactly the opposite in the Christian life. <laughs> There's no witness protection program. We're supposed to stand up and say, yes, I saw it. And you did it. And God did it. And this is the truth. And I, you can, you know, come what may, I was there. I saw it. And I'm saved. That's the kind of thing. We need people to stand up for Jesus. We're not supposed to go hide. We're, not suppo we're supposed to stand up. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. My heart breaks for our, our country. We're compassed. Hebrews chapter 12 says, There's so great a cloud of witnesses. They're watching us and we're watching them and everybody knows everybody. My, your bank account's being sold right now. You, they're, telling, they're telling the government and everybody else where you were when you used your credit card. This, this is, it doesn't matter what you do in life. Everybody can know about it. I mean, if you buy a postage stamp someplace, you, you're on record somewhere. They got cameras up and down every street. My goodness. <laughs> We're, we're around a great cloud of witnesses. You might as well live for Jesus. Amen. We're compassed. We're surrounded. You know, the martyrs in the early days of the Lord Jesus Christ, when, you know, they never ran. They never ran and hid. They stood boldly. I remember 
remember the Apostle Paul on Mars Hill? He said, I, I, I see among your devotions all these different, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but I noticed there's one, uh, uh, one uh, to monument or whatever uh, to, to the unknown God. I'm going to declare who that is for you. I'm going to tell you who that unknown God is. And all those philosophers up on Mars Hill, boy, he told them exactly who, who God was. And, you know, they responded to that. It's amazing. Oh, we've got to have people. You know, I grew up when I first got saved. I got into a church and they were witnessing and they were they were proud of Jesus. They were happy to give and they were looking for an opportunity to give the gospel to somebody. And they encouraged everybody else to do the same thing. And listen, this world is it wears you down. I'll guarantee you it really does wear you down. I, I've lost some of my boldness over the years, to tell you the truth. I have more knowledge now, I just need a little more zeal, amen? The older you get, young, young, young guys have a little less knowledge and more zeal, and uh, now as you get older, and I'm not that old yet, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm waning on the, zeal, the zealousness part, you understand? Uh, but but I got, I've got more knowledge than I used to have, I just don't have the, what my dad called spizzerinctum, uh, vinegar, or whatever it is. Uh, the get up and go, uh, got up and left. <laughs> Not yet. Amen. How many of you got more zeal and knowledge? Don't raise your hand. How many like both? Knowledge and zeal. You know, it just, it's just wonderful. I, I, I didn't know uh, what I know now, and, uh, but I, knew, I know now what I didn't know. And now, I'm weaker than I was. But not much. Not much. Not much. I still got it. I still got it. I still got it. Anybody want to arm wrestle? I'm, I'm ready to go. Still got a zeal. I, I can't do it as often. <laughs> hey, are you lacking in a little zeal today? You know the gospel? God wants us to be witnesses. Did you know that at one time, 500 brethren at one time saw Jesus Christ raised from the dead? He saw, they saw the risen Savior. Look, look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. They saw Him. They touched Him. They got to speak with Him. And they didn't have the completed Bible, which is true. They were still in the process of writing the Bible. But now um, we have everything they had except the physical body of Jesus. And now we have him in spirit. We, we do have him. We have all of the word of God now. There's not anything lacking. We, there's not a second Bible on the way, by the way. Amen. amen. We don't have a, a couple of missing books. It's all right here. Uh, we have the whole story we have everything we need. It's just that our desire sometimes is lacking. And he says, you are my witnesses. If anything's going to get done, I want, I want you to know I'm using you to do it. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. It says here now, um, let me get over here. It says, moreover, brethren, Paul says, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein you stand, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory 
what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve, then everybody together, uh, verse number six, after that, He was seen, Jesus, uh, above five, it says, above 500 brethren at once. There was some time when over 500 brethren were gathered together at one time. They all saw Jesus Christ. He's making witnesses and says, Of whom the greater part remaineth unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. So he, they, they all saw him again. And then it says, And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. So Paul got to see the risen Savior. Is that right? He saw him. He saw him. He talked with him. He was taught by the Lord in the desert, up by Damascus. He spent three years up in the Damascus area, and God met with him. This is amazing what he, and then he got to see the Lord. And I think when he went, uh, when he was re referring to the man uh, uh, that he got to see, he was taken up to the third heaven and he was told not to, not to explain everything that he saw. It wasn't lawful for him to detail everything. I think he got to see the Lord again. Can't, can't prove it, but he saw him anyway. And, G and so Paul was a witness for I am the least of the apostles, he said, that, in verse 9, that are not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, uh, therefore whether it were I or they, or so we preach, and so you believed, and so... Paul was one of the greatest witnesses that ever came on the first face of the earth. And I tell you what, you and I are supposed to be uh, good, solid witnesses. And I'll tell you what, if you, if you saw a crime and the officer asked you what you saw, you'd explain it. And by the goodness of your heart, you'd try to be accurate. And why, why are we better witnesses for things like that? Why can't we witness for Jesus? Hey, did anything happen to you? Yes, sir. Well, what happened to you? Well, I was living in darkness. I didn't believe. I had trouble in my life. My life was a mess. I, I had no peace within. I didn't have assurance. And one day I heard a radio program on the radio. And that coupled with all the other things I've ever heard about the Lord, it kind of all came to a head. And I got on my knees one night and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And I didn't really understand all about it. I didn't comprehend it all. I didn't read the whole Bible. I didn't know what the scriptures were. I didn't even know you're supposed to go to church. I had no idea you're supposed to be baptized. I didn't know anything. But I knew that Jesus uh, was, was died on the cross. And I knew that he was offering me a chance to have my sins forgiven. I, I didn't understand everything. I did call upon the name of the Lord. And, you know, your witness is very poor, very, very important. It's very poignant. It's very pointed. It's very sharp and powerful. 
We ought to use our witness more often. We ought to look for opportunities. And we've all failed that. We've all failed in that area. But when you see the opportunity, give your, give your testimony. You know what the word testify? That's one day. I had to go to court one time. My goodness. There was, there was a police officer. She was five foot two. She was a California Highway Patrol woman. Five foot two. Her eyes were blue. Yeah. She pulled a guy, she pulled me over. A guy came behind her who'd been watching her pull guys, pull people over. He was mad at her. He was a retired police officer. He got in front of her, and, and when she stopped me, uh, which I, I didn't run the stop sign, I was really wondering, I was perplexed. He got in the way. He came and he, he told her, he says, You're not giving him a ticket. And I go, I like this guy. You know, I was sitting in my minivan looking and watching this whole thing. It was like a, like a movie. And this big, tall guy, a retired police officer, came. He said, you're not going to give him a ticket. I saw it. He stopped there. You, you're giving people too many tickets. And I've been watching you. And, boy, he cussed her out. And I had the kids in the back of the minivan. They all started crying like, Dad, what's happening? You know, and this short little girl, she, I, I don't know why she was okay to be a police officer, but she was a tiny little thing. And uh, I'll tell you, it was like, wow, I hope, I, 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 well, anyway, um, she, she just was crying. She started crying. And she said, is he with you? And I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> and she said, well, you're supposed to, you're going to have to leave. And he said, I'm not leaving. You're not giving him a ticket. No kidding. True story. And she called back up. And these guys came, they bent him over the front of the minivan, arrested him and cuffed him up. And she came over to the window and she handed me back my license. She goes, oh, you can just leave. And she cried and she gave me the license. I said, thank you. <laughs> and I took off. Later on, I got called to the court. And, the, the, and there she was, you know. And, and, and then she had this attorney, a lady attorney. She said, Reverend Shaver, we have you on tape giggling. And it, she had a, the whole thing was on, on, on tape. And I said, well, yeah, it was kind of funny. And she goes, what about the badge? What about the uniform? What about the office? And I said, I said, counselor, look, she had a gun. She had handcuffs. She had mace. She had a billy club. And that guy was wrong to interfere. And she cried. I said, it was just kind of funny. And uh, I'm sorry, it was hilarious. I really was. Here's this police officer trying to give me a ticket, and she starts crying, and then and then he gets in trouble, and the whole thing, and then she gives me back the. I had to go to court over that. Oh, that was kind of fun to be a witness of that. <laughs> I kept looking at the judge, and the judge was kind of grinning a little bit, and all oh, with the big circus. Listen. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a witness in a kangaroo court. We're talking about I was lost and now I'm saved. I got Jesus in my heart. There's no doubt about it. He's the Savior. He saved me. I know he did. That's the kind of witness. We need to be witnesses for Jesus. We need to, we need to witness for it, for, for the truth. 
We are witnesses of our own personal salvation. Just think of those people that got to see Jesus. The only thing we have now is we have the witness of our spirit. We have the Holy Spirit and we have the word of God that tells us what happened. We understand what happened now. We can refine our witness. We can do a better job. Listen, uh, we're not false witnesses. You know, the ninth commandment in the Bible is that we would not be false witnesses. It's a sin to be a false witness. By the way, if you talk about somebody, you better be accurate. And you better not cut them down. You better be careful how you witness about your neighbor, right? Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. We better be careful about that. That's a big, big sin. I know there's all sin is big. But I'm saying there's ten commandments that are very serious for society to be prosperous. One of them is we got to stop lying about each other. And there's a lot of lying going on in our country right now. There's a lot of false witnessing. They're trying to make Christians out to be murderers and insurrectionists and people that attack the capital. There's so much false, false uh, witnessing going on. And to, to think how, how Jesus must be very, very upset with that kind of makes me want to be careful how I talk about people. We're not false witnesses. We know what happened. You know, the Bible says we're, uh, we're, we're, we're among a bunch of people that wrote the Bible. Uh, look at 1 John with me real quick before we continue. I don't want to run out of time, but we need to be witnesses. Jesus, Jesus is worthy of our witness, and God said, Ye are my witnesses. And God said <coughs> that after the Holy Ghost will come upon you, ye shall be witnesses. And not just, not just in your neighborhood. In Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria, a place where everybody was hated. Boy, we're not, we're, we're not loved everywhere we go. Hey, do you think every time I knock on the door, it says, well, come right on in. Would you like breakfast? We've been waiting for you. We've been praying for years that somebody like you would come to our door and, and give us the gospel. God bless you. It's about time. Where were you? Oh, I'd love to be saved. Do you think that happens every time? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that, but at least they have the witness. First John, look at that. First John chapter 1. It says, um, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. You see, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. For, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. One of the greatest things you can do to anybody in your life is just tell them about Jesus. That's, that, that's such a wonderful thing that you can do. And you don't have to be highly educated. You don't have to have all kinds of fame and glory and wealth. You just give the gospel to somebody. That's what this, that's what this Christian life is all about. You say, what does God want me to do? Uh, he wants you to live for Him, glorify Him, obey His commandments, and be a witness. Let God take care of the rest of it. You know, how would you like to have been there when the birth of our nation 
was in, in, the, in the actual birth. The Declaration of Independence, the Freedom Hall, you know, down when they all got together and prayed. And our Congress was just barely started. George Washington was the first president. Wouldn't that have been exciting to just go there and, and be able to be a witness to that spirit and that wonderful power? That, that would have been wonderful. I, I love old films of World War II, World War I. I love going back on the battleship Missouri, I think it was, when uh, MacArthur was uh, uh, sitting at a table and the Japanese uh, imperial uh, uh, delegates and, and all, all the people came as to represent uh, the nation of Japan and they came and they stood there very honorably, by the way, and they were not mocked and they were not made fun of. It was very, very wonderful. They were treated with respect. I think that's awesome. And all the, the, the whole horde of all the Navy officers and, and all the people on that deck, they got to witness the signing of, of the, uh, the surrender of Japan. Uh, I just, uh, it did something to me. It just does something to me. When I read about the Civil War, when, uh, when General Grant and, and Lee got together at Appomattox Courthouse and they signed the documents and the war was over, those, there's some incredible things that have happened in our country that we, we were not witnesses to. And, we, and we, we'd love to have been there. But we have witnessed something better than all that. No matter what has ever happened to our nation, we're witnesses of something more powerful and better than anything that's ever happened to our country. And that is the salvation of your own soul. You witnessed it. You know. You know that Jesus has come into your heart. That is the most precious commodity in the whole world. That's something you can share. Listen to me. You can share it and never lose it. You can keep giving it away and you still have it. What else can we do with that? You keep giving it away, you still have it. You give it away, you still have it. You keep giving it away, you still have it. You keep giving it away, you give it away, give it away, you still have it. It's amazing, isn't it? What else can you do that with that? You can love people and love people and love people. And you can run out of that sometimes. Amen? Just ask your parents. <laughs> no. But no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying I've run out of love. But the love of God gives you that, that well of love that keeps springing up. And, uh, but you can't give the gospel away and lose it. You can't give the gospel away and not have it. You can run out of tracks. But if you ever run out of tracks, you ought to have a track inside your heart. Amen. You ought to know something about the Bible. I got to tell you this, and I, otherwise I just preach all day. This is exciting. We need, we need to get back to witnessing for Jesus Christ. There was a, a colonel. We used to have a ministry to uh, Merrill Gardens Rest Home over in the Cordata area. We were there for several years until uh, they actually shut, shut that part down. So anyway, there was a colonel there. See, they had the people that needed health care on the spot, but then they had... Uh, they had condominiums circling around that people didn't need that much care, but they still needed some. So there was a, there was a colonel there, Colonel Tippy, and his wife, Bonna. And he, uh, he, he, just, uh, he, he was just one of my heroes. And I just took a friendship with him. And they used to come to the meetings every uh, for, uh, once a month we'd go there. And so I met him and his wonderful wife. And uh, we went over and saw him at his house where he got a little sick and couldn't come. And so we went to visit him. And, 
And little by little, we struck up a friendship. He was a colonel, uh, I think, in the Air Force. So one day, uh, we went, and uh, the folks there told, told us that he was in the hospital. So we went to the hospital, my wife and I, and we visited him. He was very sick in the hospital. And uh, so he was on, he was, uh, on, on, the, way, on the way out, and uh, he was going to die pretty soon. And so we went to the hospital bed, and uh, I think we went more than two or three times. Anyway, I visited him, and the last time I visited him, my wife and I were together. Uh, Bonna, his wife, was in the room too. Julie and Bonna were sitting about maybe five or six feet away, and I was uh, sitting or standing by the bedside talking with Colonel Tippy. And I, I asked uh, Colonel Tippy, I said, Colonel, if, if, if this illness takes your life, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? And he says, well, I, I, think I, I think I might, or some words to that effect. I said, would you like to know for sure that you're going to go to heaven? He said, I sure would. So I took my New Testament, and I got to share with him the gospel very clearly, very simply, and very clearly. And he said he'd like to pray and ask Jesus to come into his heart. I was just being a witness. I was just sharing the gospel with him. To God be the glory. It could have been any one of you. It could have been any one of us. I just decided I would share the gospel with him. So he, he said he'd like to pray and ask Jesus to come into his heart. So he prayed. He prayed out loud. I had to help him. He didn't exactly know all of you know, what to say. He had, to, had little help uh, to formulate the sentences, maybe to make it a little clearer for him. You understand, I didn't pray the... The prayer. I didn't save him. He, he prayed and asked Jesus to come into his heart. It's okay to do that. But guess what happened? As he was praying, I didn't realize it, but his wife prayed the exact same prayer while he was praying. She prayed too. And Julie and Bonna prayed together. And, and Bonna got saved. I didn't realize it until after I got done praying with Colonel Tippy. But she, at the same moment, asked Jesus to come into her heart. And he passed away. And later on, we, uh, we got to do the funeral for his family. And I was so pleased that, I, you know, it's just rewarding to give a witness to Jesus Christ. It's so rewarding. You know, you could, you, could, you could have all the accolades that the world would throw on people. And you could be successful in any number of areas. But I'll tell you what really matters in eternity is if we give the gospel to somebody. That's what really matters. That's, it's more valuable than anything you could attain to. And the people that we witness, it's not a waste of time when they reject us. It's not a waste of time when they say no. I wish I had a nickel for everybody that ever told me no. I don't want Jesus as my Savior. I, I don't know. I don't know how many thousands of people have told me no. But you can't get rid of that. They, they might have gotten saved later. Sometimes people are ornery. Amen? How many know somebody that's ornery? But you're not ornery. I didn't get saved the first time I heard the gospel. It took me a while. But I'm sure glad I did. Now I'm a witness. Now you're a witness. Now you can tell somebody. And it doesn't mean that you have to know all the scriptures in the Bible. Listen... You don't have to, you don't really even have to have very much of this memorized. All you have to know is that I heard about Jesus. 
and I asked him to come into my heart, and he changed my life, and he, I now have peace in my heart now. Now, guess what? You can tell that, and that is the same story that they've been passing around before electricity, before lights, before computer, before cell phones, before technology, and it got the job done all the way around the world. I want to encourage you today. Take a track, look for somebody. Try to think. You know what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have some kind of a, uh, a push toward, uh, oh, you know, a little campaign for Easter. I'm, I'm, we're going to have church on Easter Sunday. I don't care what any governor says. I don't care what they say they recommend or hope we don't or whatever. Listen, we're, we're going to have church on Easter. Just get ready for it. But you know what would be nice to have? Nice to have somebody to say, I, I heard the gospel from so-and-so here. Thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for giving me the gospel. That will electrify a church. That will add life to your life. Life is abundant. Amen? And it's because Jesus. Ye are my witnesses. I'm God. Beside me, there's no, there's no other Savior. And you are my witnesses. Let's pray that God would help us to do a great job this year just being a witness. Let's bow for prayer.